Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, comrades and comradettes, uh, colleagues, friends, members of a temporarily constituted public, um, we are now in the strange last throes of a CSIG forum day, and the last few minutes are always slightly odd and embarrassing, because nobody knows whether they should say anything in case they're stopping somebody else from going home. <laughs> uh, and so there are a few rules of engagement. We will stop at four o'clock. Uh, um, the clocks are slightly fast. Uh, so we have uh, 19 minutes, um, according to mine, and I'm going to go by mine, um, in which uh, there is a chance for reflections, Unsaid thoughts, joinings up, uh, particularly between the morning and the afternoon, uh, not least because of a shift from <coughs> institutional and pedagogic focal points that triggered the morning into research uh, and co-productive uh, questions for the afternoon. Uh, I have a buzzing set of words running around my head which have failed so far to coalesce into sentences. Uh, but they are about questions of time, questions of resources and uh, fungibility or convertibility of resources. I thought it was interesting that the, both in the morning and the afternoon there were things about how different sorts of resources might move might enable non-institutionalised actors to act. Uh, I thought I'm going to hang on to the notion of contradictions. Um, even if nobody else is going to say it, I am going to hang on to the notion of contradictions. Um, I am going to hang on to the notions of the peculiarities of experiment and the risks and possibilities and pleasures uh, of experiment. I'm going to hang on to questions about institutional, legal and organisational <coughs> forms uh, in their complex and perverse arrangements. Uh, and have I talked long enough so that you've all now got a last thought? Have I? All right, I've got two, three hands waving. This is grand. I can shut up now. Uh, and so who's got the microphone? You're going to do this, <coughs> Yeah. Um, it's made me feel a bit like an old person, which I am. But it's it's um, when I when I came into uh, what I'm reflecting on is a word that John didn't say, which is publics, which is a word that's reverberated around the discussion and is in the title of the day. And when I first got interested in this, and started some conversations around it ooh, eight years ago I don't know I was I was coming from a position of having worked in the public sector and a, a sense that something was happening to the notion of publicness as a political thing that mattered that mattered in terms of a collective politics collective action but a form of action invested in the state and in institutions that were no longer viable and in the sense of a unitary public sphere that was also no, no longer viable because it didn't recognise 
feminism, anti-racist politics or anything else. And my struggle was how to hang on to a sense of a politics while understanding that the word that represented that politics was no longer a way of expressing it properly. This is, this is, so what I've heard today is lots and lots of different instantiations of public or publicness that are, that, and I, I don't know quite where the politics is, but I think there is something somewhere that is different from, I mean, I've heard some mutterings about should we still be using it? Is it, is it society? Is it community? Is it social action? Is it community action? But I still think there's something that is political, that matters, that can't be pinned down to any one form of activity, but it matters, and I don't know what it is. And I don't know that today's answered it, but, it, but the politics hasn't been terribly visible, other than emergent, fragmentary, da-da-da-da. So, uh, That's we, not a criticism, it's just a can we, thought. Can we, oh, all right, we'll take more, I can then Joel. Uh, okay, mine was about institutional forms, and I did wonder whether... There should have a, we should have a future forum about institutional forms because one of, and one of the things that struck me with when Aristea was speaking is ah well institutional forms aren't actually just legal. There's what your where is she? Yeah, <laughs> effectively your digital forms are becoming institutions and you talked about uh, about nodes and um, networks and nodes and I thought oh there's something really interesting there and I I just I'd, I'd, I'd really like to have that discussion and dialogue about uh, institutional forms and I think it's partly connected to Janet's thing about public because for me, there is this problem about where do we locate, if you like, this, the, this need for there to be, uh, how can I put this, I suppose, those, those, those sources of, that, that, this is why regulation for me becomes so important, because regulation can become a way that publics are able to um, get what yeah. is collectively agreed yeah. enacted yeah, yeah? yeah. so um, and to, there is something in there about institutional for, forms and that's why Ellie's thing that was when your question about role of local authorities was sort of a big sigh for me because in a way that you know I have a, a strong attachment to local authorities because I worked in local government a long time but it's just getting to be a place where it gets, everything gets very ossified. Um, and so, you know, where do we think next? And I think so that institutional form could actually be tied up with the idea of where is the politics. Um, anyway, I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah, um, so I've got uh, uh, three words then. Um, uh, sustain it, sustainability is you know, the key thing, uh, and networks, and then I'll talk about like politics. And uh, so, uh, it doesn't surprise me. As I said, I was, when I set up this free university network, or it was gonna, we get, this conference was called Sustaining Alternatives. 
and a lot about sustaining and time comes into that course you know how we sustain but it's broader than that it's how we sustain ourselves physically emotionally spirit in everything and I think that the network is part of the answer because which kind of ties into institutional forms because um, you know you build the network and um, you know and you get it to a sustainable form, but then it self-sustains, and, and it's, so, it's an act as a source of sustenance to the people that that are, are you know are no, you come into that network. Um, and you know that doesn't that's not that's not I'm not saying that's a solution to the whole sustaining thing, but I'm just saying I think that the network itself is building the network is is a sustaining endeavour. You know, the other thing about networks is is that you know what what's going on here is that. We've got networks now, right, of transnational production, finance, investment, right? You know, it's estimated up to two-thirds of all trade in the world are intra-firm. You know, so we have, we have transnational uh, economic networks. And these networks derive their, their value from us. Um, and, and so what's going on here, I think, are networks of resistance and response. And they are, it's about the commons. And I think where the politics comes in for me is that, and I'm not particularly, wasn't interested necessarily about the word or the concept of public today, what I've been thinking about. Um, and, uh, well, we called our project People's Political Economy. So we're right political out there and people's, people's for me is okay. I mean, you can have the People's Republic of North Korea um, but, and, you know, um, but peoples is okay, better than the peoples, I suppose. But for me, I'm very much interested in the common, and what I'm interested in, in particularly there, is is fighting for the commons and building a network of you know commons and, and using you know digital commons and and uh, I know a group down at Goldsmiths has just set up the, the new cross commoners stuff like that. Um, but I'm also interested in, finally, I don't want to take any more time, people's time, but interested in, in, re, in, in fighting for uh, the common sense. And I think common sense is something that's been hijacked. And I think common sense in English uh, has come to mean just like one word, common sense, which is kind of like, just means the patently obvious. And you can, they, that's been used now to say it's common sense that we can't tax the rich or that we have to close these schools and hospitals because of, you know, we have to, you know, uh, be all austerity and all of that. Um, but uh, but in, implicitly or not, I don't know, but common sense uh, actually implies a, a, a reference to the democratic, the common sense, the sense of the common people. So I think part of this project is, you know, is to try to come together and, and, and challenge that common sense and to re-articulate that common sense. And I think perhaps commons and people for me is the politics and I've tried to link network and institutional forms and everything there and sustainability. I've had a go anyway. My turn is it? Oh, I'd just like to throw um, something in there around publics and the secrecy openness uh, discussion that was um, started earlier. I was at um, a research, uh, an event, a community research event at the end of last year. Um, a load of um, local authority and senior voluntary sector people and a, a couple of academics. Yes, you were at one of their <laughs> events too. Um, 
Uh, discussing community engagement again, but in, the, in, in this environment of uh, economic change and the, um, at that point, upcoming benefit welfare reform and so on. And a young person who was um, at the, one of the discussion in a discussion group that I was in um, shared a piece of information with, me, with, with us that I think represents a massive challenge around reaching young people. And I think it was Joel this morning in his... Um, his um, presentation talked about the engagement of young people outside of academic environments um, and when we were having this de debate at the conference that I was at in Enfield last year um, we were talking about getting our message out you know through email and networks and Facebook and so on TV programs whatever and this young chap who is in his 20s had come from gang um, environment um, but had um, graduated if you like from that environment into working on a youth empowerment project and um, through using music and, and what have you um, and he shared with us that the way he and all of his peers communicate right for, you know sort of with, with some of the younger ones 13 14 15 was through instant messaging instant messaging and instant messaging is a closed environment you have to be part of the trusted network to access it so if we're going to get our message our messages out to that public um, how are we going to access in this digital economy where everything is you know digital media seems very open but actually um, a, a, our future young people um, are actually closing themselves down from the mainstream. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca. Thank you. Hilda, Jeff, Jeff, Hilda, Nick. Well, in that case, I'm going to take Rebecca, Jeff, and then the organisers. Okay, if we sort of come back to. Well, I was trying to think about how to, how to link the two halves of the day, and I came back to organisational form of universities and the way in which that shapes, frames and constrains the flow of resources because the way universities are, what, what they are, how they're measured, how they're monitored, etc., tends to dictate how they spend their money and their time. Come back to time again. And... And that, in a way, kind of affects and impinges upon the ability of academic researchers to co-produce certain sorts of knowledge. And, and I was very struck this afternoon for sort of three great projects which do really good stuff, and yet I have the sense that they exist at the margins of what's possible of this sort of work in, in universities. And, and I suspect also that it would be nice to hear from the, from the people themselves. I suspect that in some way having to work within that university environment, which is a particular shape, alters and influences what people do. And, and so my question really is how do you institutionalise the kind of practice we've heard about this afternoon and make that better and make it so it's not exceptional and make it so that's what universities do? I had one, I've got two comments, two quick ones. No, one quick one, the other one a bit longer, but there's no time, so I'll have to make it quick. One was when I looked back at the title, it says, Enacting Public Engagement. What I got out of the discussion is that rather than enacting public engagement, it seems to be about 
not even engaging publics, but an acting publics in the sense as that what runs through the teams is much more... Insofar enactment means not just acting out something that's already given, but takes the performative turn in terms of by actually speaking, doing da 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 da, you bring it into being in different forms. And I think that's, that shifts the discussion around public engagement from my perspective. And I think that runs through the panels, not panels, through the different papers in a way. I'm still in the big conference mode, so hence the panels. <laughs> but uh, so there's a different paper. That was one. The second one, what I thought was very interesting, was the politics, how public, because as a political scientist, public is a political category. It is one of these categories, like citizenship, sovereignty, through which one actually mobilizes politicness or politicality of actions. And then I thought what's interesting is what Morgan said, about what is collectively agreed, how is that enacted, but also actioned. But there is another element which we talked about, which is how do you action, action, collective agreeing, and how is that set up? Which brings us back to the institutional question, and flow of resources then becomes important. But another element, and so what other devices are there? Networks, notes co-production elements where the university comes back in and research. So there are different devices. But one question that was raised in the very first paper, which we haven't picked up, which is, of course, also a fundamental political question, is ownership. And governance. But uh, what I struck me is who owns what? That's where the power question comes in, of course, as well. It's not just about the flow of ideas and the flow, how you organize and like, but who owns and how is accountability organized in relation to ownership? It's came out in the first paper, and actually I think it would be nice to run through some of the other discussions as well. That was as quick as I could. Hilda and Nick. Nick and Hilda. You can dispute who goes first. You can have the last word. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, I think for me, what sort of, I think we're all going to see different con connections between the different uh, papers. For me, the connection is about the question around knowledge production. I think, Joel, you said in, at the beginning of your paper, you talked about a crisis of imagination. And I think that sort of really touches on something key that a uh, about what's at stake at this sort of particular time and, and that relates to politics as well like, you know we're beyond the sort of there is no alternative stage I mean it's clear to most it's kind of commonly accepted now that the kind of neoliberal model doesn't really work and, and there is an opening up of a space for the possibility of alternatives um, but I think what's at stake is really the kind of development of those alternatives the production of knowledge of what those alternatives might be and I think maybe something that kind of connects most all of our papers really is in some way to kind of try to facilitate connect, elaborate make visible other types of knowledges in some sense um, kind of quite broadly defined other knowledges that aren't your dominant forms of knowledges, whether they're knowledges that come from grassroots community organisations or their um, feminist activist groups or there's a kind of um, knowledge that's being produced by the types of participatory forms of politics that um, Nick and I are researching. So, so that for me is a question of how do we facilitate that kind of 
critical knowledge production. And, and in a sense, that's about the sort of old-fashioned meaning of, of public sphere. It's creating public spheres where those kinds of knowledge production can happen, I suppose. So, yeah. yeah. I suppose I'd echo that, by, but emphasise um, how do we develop and sustain other forms of politics? Because I think what's... I, I, and it's, it's partly comes back to Jeff's thing about secret and publicity. I think, to me, it's, um, it's pretty straightforward that the project that we're doing and others are doing here are political projects, yet we maybe don't all mention that word when we're doing the work. Um, and I think that's one of the ways we are able to sustain it in a small way, in whichever way we can, is by not mentioning that word too often. And I think that um, that's a performative move. It's full of problems and risks and, 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 you know, risks of incorporation and being taken down other paths. If you don't mention it, people think you're not doing it, so they can use you to do other things that are maybe <laughs> not the sort of politics that you've got in mind in the first place. But I think that the politics that we're that's been coming up again and again for me, yeah, the knowledge production, but the, you know, the inside and outside, the expert, non-expert, the um, hierarchies between different performative modes, um, how you move resources around to, to do things, um, ownership and politics of ownership and governance, and, and how you do that on a micro scale while keeping in mind a kind of, while, while using that micro and empirical <laughs> ethnographic work to do conjunctural analysis and how you use that to talk back to your work on the ground and that as, as I see it and I think what seems to be in common by quite a lot of stories that I've heard today as well that working in those different modes and trying to connect up and different people doing that and, and, and relate different experiences of trying to do that work itself so um, that's, that's and all of these um, conversations I feel have been um, added to quite a lot today and I, and I really appreciate that um, so, what time is it? Five past. <laughs> Two minutes past. So do we... And I feel young <laughs> <laughs> Entirely transformative. It's making me feel even old, older and older. <laughs> so, uh, in, that, in, in that brilliant conversational mode, which is the other yeah. word of the day, conversation has featured a lot, no you can't, uh, and, uh, and to borrow Jeff's Metaphor from the morning, being on the line, in the line between being public and being political uh, is obviously uh, a dynamic and exciting place to be. Go home and prepare for power. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much.